All right. Hi, guys. Super excited. I have Jordan Syatt here with me. So, Jordan, you want to say hey? What's going on? <laughs> Thanks super- for having me on the show. Oh, thank you. Um, as you guys know, I've kind of told them how excited I was to have you on, but um, I post a lot of your, repost a lot of your stories and your sayings, but if, and like say what a great guy you are. And even just to make the time for me, he goes off. He's like, I don't care if you have one follower or a million. He's like, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. Why not? So really just an honor. And um, yeah, thanks again for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm stoked. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before this and I kind of told him what I wanted to talk about this week, which was a lot of the feedback you guys gave me when I reached out and kind of was like, what are we looking for here? What can we, there's so many different avenues we can go. So we have our kind of our group, our audience is really college aged females who are looking, we're at kind of like the starter point. We're looking for the first time in our lives to figure out what being fit really means and having a healthy mindset. But I think really the biggest thing is getting over the intimidation of like how to even start being fit, you know? Yeah. Um, give me, do you have any like examples in terms of like maybe what you struggle with or what people who listen to the show might be struggling? Yeah. Yeah. So one example is somebody kind of said more specifically, like, shifting your mindset from a negative place of working out because you don't like your body or you feel guilty for having been eating bad. Mm. Whereas wanting to work out because it clears your mind and puts you in a better mood. Yeah. You know, this is one of those things where it's, it's much easier said than done. And I think it's, it's interesting. I always go to, if I'm looking at progression, we can look at exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Or like we can even look at we can look at something in life when, when you're teaching someone how to read, like in first yeah. grade, it's like, you first have to learn the alphabet. Mm-hmm. First you learn the alphabet and then you have to learn like, okay, well, what are all the different sounds each letter makes, right? You have to learn yeah. all these different things. Then you have to learn like how to put those letters together into d- individual words. And mm-hmm. then there's like exceptions, like the letter K is silent in the word night. So, like, it's like all these <laughs> different things, right? It's like right. you have to learn and it's a progression to get to a point where then you can read it. You can read it out loud. You can mm-hmm. put inflections onto it. Like this is a progression. Same thing with exercise, right? It's like, if you know anything about exercise, you're not going to start someone off with the most advanced form of deadlifting or squatting, mm-hmm. or you're not going to start someone who might have a lot of weight to lose with sprinting. Like it mm-hmm. makes no sense. You start them with walking. Um, we understand the concept of progression just inherently just as right. humans we know that like we know that but in things we're not so well versed in it's difficult to conceptualize what the progression might look like mm-hmm. and i think it's very easy to only focus on the end goal mm-hmm. without conceptualizing okay this is going to take time yes. so for me i, I look like at that. okay working out is basically always better than not working out. And obviously there's times when, listen, if you're working out 14 times a week, then <laughs> you take a rest day, right? Yeah. Like that, that doesn't make right. any sense. But if you are coming from a place of not working out or working out, working out, just exercising is going to be better than not exercising. So we have to look at that as like, listen, if even if you're exercising for quote unquote, the wrong reasons, uh-huh. at least you're exercising. Oh, and I you're, like that. You're not going to just immediately switch your mindset mm-hmm. without going to the gym or working out or putting your fitness in uh, your or emphasizing your fitness in some way it's just not going to happen right. you have to go first like how can you change your mindset to going to the gym because of how it makes you feel 
if you don't even really understand how it makes you feel to begin with, right? I was going to say, like, the more you talked about it, I'm almost like, for this person, maybe they need to evaluate what their workout is and explore different options to find something that they enjoy doing. Because if they're just going and busting their ass on the treadmill for 30 minutes and that's, they don't like the treadmill, then, you know, it won't be from a positive feel good I guess exactly motivator. You also have to look at what are your goals, right? Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's been a big push in the fitness industry in the last two to four years that it's almost like bad to work out to change how you look. It's almost like you should always just love how you look. And it's like, first and foremost, I've been in this industry for almost 15 years now. That's just not realistic. I don't know anybody, including physique competitors who step on stage models bodybuilders who love how they look it's just i I don't i don't know that i've never seen that i know people who are confident with themselves Mm -hmm. who are confident in their body and what they can do but i don't know anybody who's just like oh yeah i always love how i look like that's just it doesn't it's not that doesn't exist yeah and i think it's it's not like we shouldn't have the goal of loving mm-hmm. how we look, but to ju- tell someone, just, well, you should just love how you look is basically like someone telling you, Hey, just calm down. Right? Yeah. Like imagine if someone's oh like, Hey, God, calm yeah. down, relax. Like you're like, I'm going to kill you. Like, <laughs> you to calm down. Right. Like, telling someone to love how they look when they don't love how they look is completely irresponsible yeah. and inappropriate. So if your goal is to change how you look, whether it's to lose body fat, get more muscle definition, but you feel bad about that being your goal, then fitness is not going to be fun for you no matter mm. what. You should be honest to yourself. Well, what's your goal? Do you want to lose body fat? Cool. If you want to lose body fat, I support you. Let's yeah. get you to do that. And then yeah. odds are you'll end up doing things that will help you progress towards that goal. And only then will you start to enjoy the process because you'll actually start to see results. And then those results are going to feel more motivation and you're going to take more action. And so from here, you'll actually start to enjoy it simply because you're chasing your personal goal, not what someone on social media says your goal should be. Right. That's, I think that's spot on. And I'm almost like looking at this question too, and thinking about, cause she combined, you know, working out from, because you don't like your body or because you feel guilty for eating bad. And I would almost say that the whole guilty guilt over eating bad is almost independent of the workout mindset, because you can, if you can start to love your workouts, but that might not change the factor of if you're feeling guilty over what you're eating, like that's almost its own thing that she might have to like work on, would you say? Yeah, I would say they're related. It's sort of like you have yeah. a Venn diagram, like where it's like, it, they, they like cross over, but yeah. they're two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people will have poor relationships with exercise and working out because they only do it when they feel like they did something bad with their nutrition. Mm-hmm. So okay, now yeah. every time they exercise, they're doing it as a punishment as um, opposed to trying to achieve a, a positive goal, right? So right. this is where they're, they're two separate things and you have to work on them mm-hmm. separately, but you also have to understand that they're very interrelated. Mm-hmm. So if you're only working out to undo the quote unquote damage that you've done, then you're, you're perpetually you're, you're perpetuating this cycle of negativity with your workouts. Gotcha. You have to get to a point where it's like, listen, what I think the, the, the biggest issue here is there's no stated goal. Yes. You have to, what is your goal? And if you yeah. don't know what your goal is, then what, how can you achieve it? Mm-hmm. So is your goal to, and this is where, for me, this is where I actually really like to, your goal is going to determine what you do in the gym and it's going to determine what you do with your nutrition. If your goal is to, um, 
if if your goal is to do a chin up, yeah, then your workouts are going to be focused on doing the things that like focusing on what your body can do, you're on getting oh, stronger, yes. on being able to perform better. Mm-hmm. When your goal is chin up related, odds are you're inherently going to be focused on doing the things that you love that help you achieve that goal. If you don't have a goal and you're only going to the gym to undo quote unquote damage, then you inherently have a negative relationship with the gym. Right. And you're going to focus on the things that make you feel bad and guilty. Right. And, and yeah, I guess, and just like working, yeah, work just the whole mindset of it being a, a punishment more than wanting to do it for a positive result for yourself for something that like, yeah, yeah. that you're working for. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think, people my age too are just starting and to get into like being more conscious about their eating. But at the same time, I don't think that there's a lot of motivation and maybe that's not, a, maybe that's not a great thing. Maybe people should, you know, focus on it more, but I think I'm, I think about nutrition and I know for me, I, I eat in moderation. I have never been, I've never even played around with any sort of like, I've, I have like debated with keto. I've debated with other things, but when it came, came down to it is like, I've always just ate what I kind of wanted when I wanted. And I've always just been good about like, we have fruits and vegetables in my home constantly, like good protein. So like, I do have that bit of a benefit that like, I'm getting kind of like veggies and protein at every meal. And that that's kind of like my main goal. And then, but like when I'm out with my friends, like, oh, I love having the pizza, the chips and whatever. Um, and I guess counting calories is something that I've never, I've always been interested in from the nutritional standpoint, because I do want to know more about like what I'm putting in my body. And we actually just got one of those scales that I think it's some, I think it's kind of like the one that you have, but that like tells you your body fat percentage, your BMI, da da da. And so I stepped on it the other day and I'm 130 pounds. I'm five, six, five, like five. And I like, I, I consider myself like I'm happy with my body. I'm fairly toned, but my body fat percentage was 24. And I was like, Hmm. And it was technically marked high. And I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. Like, I, I don't think I would have guessed that. Like it was very tinkered between like average and high, but technically the label was high. And that is kind of what made me want to almost, I'm like, well, I've never thought, I've always thought that my nutrition is like, I'm, I'm fine with it. But if I guess I wanted to make it better, I, I could, but I've so never, yeah. This is, there's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack, but number yeah. one is this is why I don't like people checking their body fat percentage <laughs> for a number of reasons. Number one yeah. being the, the only way, like the legitimate only way to get an accurate measure of your body fat percentage mm-hmm. is to have an autopsy that that's literally the only way like you can't I thought it was kind of I was like that scale can really just tell they, like how <laughs> that scale it's so the scales that you stepped on are notoriously inaccurate by a okay. significant margin okay. they're they're affected by your hydration levels mm-hmm. they're affected by so many different things and I'm somebody who uh, we did not grow up with a scale in the house and I credit that to my parents and I honestly think it has to do with why I've never had a problem with, with the scale and with numbers and stuff. And even seeing that, like the 25, 24% body fat and it being like technically high, I was like, Oh, probably not as good as I, like I thought it wouldn't have been high, but I'm not really bothered that it is high. But for somebody that 
you know, was really number focused. That could be, I don't know. Like, so I, I like using the scale f- to measure your weight to mm-hmm. track like your trend on that front. If you're, if you have a lot of weight to lose, like not every single day looking at every single way and being like, this is good or bad. Like if you mm-hmm. spike up a couple of pounds, it's normal. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's part of being a human. Your weight's right. Yeah. I love those but check-ins on a month to month basis, looking at your weight. Like if you're, if you have a, a 35% body fat and you're trying to lose weight, your scale should be dropping month to month, not day to day, not week to week, not even mm-hmm. every two weeks, but month to month, you'll see a trend of downward trend. The body fat is an issue because people really get in their head about the body fat because yeah. like, it's supposedly only measuring your body fat. It's not only measuring that, uh, but whereas the, your scale weight, we know there are so many factors that affect it. We know that your menstrual cycle can affect it significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that bone density can affect it. We know hydration mm-hmm. can affect it. If mm-hmm. I drink this, uh, a 16 ounce bottle of water, mm-hmm. I will gain a pound on the scale. <laughs> It's one of my most viral yeah. videos is like, literally I stepped on the scale. Wow. Like, cool. This is what I weigh. Now I'm going to drink this bottle of water. Look, I've gained over a pound from drinking the bottle of water. Oh my God. People freak so out. Yeah. It's like the scale. We know the scale is affected by so much. So it's easier for people to have a better relationship with it. Whereas when you look at your body fat or what you think is your body fat, it's easier to have a significantly more negative relationship with it, mm-hmm. which is why I like the scale to track your trend. I like pictures and measurements and looking in the mirror to track actually mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself. So if you mm-hmm. look in the mirror and you're like, eh, like I feel good about my body, yeah. then you're winning. Like yeah. that's, that's the goal, right? Like you, there's nothing it. wrong with that. Yeah. If, yeah. If we're getting your happiness based off of what the scale tells you, your body fat percentage is, that is a very dangerous game mm-hmm. to play. I guess it was, I guess more of my reaction to it was, made me it made me kind of think oh I guess it made me think more about what I was eating and then like because I don't because I really don't like okay yeah I know I get fruits veggies protein but oh am I taking in more like fat and like carbs that I could or should maybe like tone back a little bit and not even in a sense to lose weight but I guess it just so it made me interested I'm kind of like digressing into the scale thing but basically no it's it's important like yeah. for you, honestly, like you just, I know just, I've done this thousands of times. You have a very healthy body weight and your body fat is, is very healthy. Mm-hmm. What I would tell you is if you wanted, if you decided, Hey, I want to change my body fat percentage, mm-hmm. lifting weights would do yeah. it. like that. Cause right now your body fat percentage relative to muscle mass, relative mm-hmm. to other, other tissues in your body. Mm-hmm that's what your body, your body fat is that high because you don't have as much muscle mass. Gotcha. If you built more muscle, your body fat percentage would go down. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It so does. it's not even necessarily like, I'm, it sounds like your nutrition's pretty spot on. Like it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. If you built more muscle, the body fat would go down. Uh, that's, I should have thought of that. That's no, I get it. No, that makes sense. Um, and so for those though, that, cause I did have a question for, um, I guess, We'll come back to that one because this one's more about calories. So somebody asked how to be, and I think that this is a big one for like people my age is how to be conscious of counting calories without getting too focused on the numbers. Because I think people get, and when I ask people, I mean like me, one reason I don't count calories is because I'm like, I, how? I, I just, I like, I cook, like we have food made at home a lot. How do I look at a dish and no, you know, you, like, you should do a 30 day challenge to track your calories just cause you'll learn a lot. Just like, just through like, going through the yeah, process, just to learn, just yeah. to learn literally just not for the goal of losing weight, 
-hmm. not for the goal. Literally just don't even say, I need to eat this number of calories. Mm -hmm. Just track how many you eat. I like that a lot. Just see how much you're eating Mm -hmm. and you'll learn from that. You'll learn. Mm -hmm. And then when people ask you questions, you'll be more educated on how to help them with that. Right. Right. for you, I don't, you shouldn't be trying to lose weight. Like mm-hmm. you have a very healthy weight and body fat percentage. Like just eat throughout the day as you normally would and track mm-hmm. how many calories you're eating and, and it'll help you a lot. Also help other people. Okay. But I like in that. terms of like, in terms of how to not be too obsessive with the numbers, this is one of the inherent issues, potential mm-hmm. issues with calorie tracking, mm-hmm. right? And it depends on the person. Some people, they love numbers. Right. Being really meticulous with it and other people that it's like i hate this like i don't like it at all mm-hmm. for them one of the easiest things i've found to make calorie counting easier and not focus so much on the number is most people say okay cool i need to eat 1500 calories a day and then they are like hyper focused on i must meet 1500 if i'm at 1497 i failed if i'm at 1502 then i failed so for me i give them a range i'm like mm. all right let's go between 1400 and 1600 Gotcha. That way you have a 200 calorie range to work with. And as long as you're within that range, you're good. Yeah. Far less stressful. And that way you can, you have more leeway and it's not like I must hit this exact number. I like that. I like that a lot. And even, and I think for the, cause I think for this person too, cause her next question was how to track calories and eat healthy at home with your whole family. So I think maybe like trying to get out with this part is maybe, I don't know if she kind of meant with home cooking or like eat healthy when you're not the only one in the household. Yeah. So what I would imagine, I could be wrong. I would imagine that they're, let's say the one of the parents are cooking the meals, right? Mm -hmm. One of the parents are cooking the meals and it's just, here's what you're eating tonight. Right. It's like, well, how do I track this? I have no idea how much pasta you use. I don't know how much this chicken weighs. Exactly. I don't know anything. So number one, I would say is get involved in the cooking. Uh, Be there, yeah. right? This is yeah. something, and, and it, like, this goes for everyone, but mm-hmm. especially 18, 19, 21, <laughs> 22, yeah. 23. It's like, well, my mom is cooking this for me, and I don't know. I'm like, so get in the fucking kitchen with your mom. <laughs> and like, yeah. Take part in the process. Like, yeah. stop playing your video games and uh-huh. get in there. Like, stop scrolling Instagram and get mm-hmm. in there. If you don't know how much the chicken breast weighs, then get in there, help your mom cook, and weigh the chicken breast. So, like, would you say having a scale is crucial to calorie counting? I wouldn't say it's crucial forever, but in terms of we're looking at progression again, mm-hmm. I would say I, I vividly remember the first time I weighed any food. I yeah. vividly remember it because I, I never have. <laughs> the, the first time I remember I started a program my first ever calorie counting program. And uh, I was making progress. Like I was mm-hmm. losing weight at about like almost a pound a week, which is mm-hmm. great progress. But I was the, my coach was like, get a food scale just to track. Yeah. And I remember I, I weighed my chicken breast for the first time. And I shit you not, I was using triple the amount of chicken based on, for th- so a serving of chicken is three ounces. Wow. And I was like, oh, three ounces. Like, and I just put it in my hand. I was like, yeah, that's probably three ounces. But I was coming from a place of zero actual knowledge. Mm-hmm. So then when I weighed it, I was like, oh my God, three ounces is that small? Because our portion sizes are so crazy. They're, they're crazy, which yeah. that's also one of the greatest benefits too, because I get a lot of people saying, it's so hard for me to eat that much protein. And I'm like, you're, it's not that hard. You're, you're probably eating that much. <laughs> 
you're just, you think that you're eating way less. Yeah. So people significantly underestimate how much calories they're eating mm-hmm. and or they, they, they underestimate how much calories they're eating. They're, they underestimate how much protein they're eating because they mm-hmm. think that their portion sizes are way smaller than they are way bigger or way smaller than they actually are. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. So I would say get a food scale and take part in the cooking process. Yeah. But even let's say you're having something like chili, which yeah. is like super hard to track. Mm-hmm. You have all these different ingredients, you're putting it in. I would rather you take an educated guess than not at all. There so if go. you know there are black beans in it, like look at the can of black beans and say, okay, cool. So we use the whole can, there are this many calories in it and we're splitting it up for five people. So mm-hmm. divide it by five. Then that's mm-hmm. probably about your portion of the black beans. Yeah. And if you have like a whole can of tomatoes, if you have like this much chicken, take it, add up all the calories and then divide mm-hmm. it by five and take your portion of it. And it's gonna be a guess. It's not gonna be hundred percent accurate, but it, it's funny the scales that we weigh ourselves on are not 100% accurate. If you yeah. go to the gym and you're lifting weights, if you take a 45-pound dumbbell, mm-hmm. and if you take 10 45-pound dumbbells and you weigh them, they're all going to weigh something different. They will <laughs> not so all funny. weigh 45 pounds. Like there's yeah. always these slight differences. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not about perfection. It's not about yeah. well, that number. That's exactly what I was just going to say is I think – and because this has been something I think that's held me back and I'm sure other people like my age or someone who's asking is the, like you, you say the chili and almost immediately in my mind's like, oh, well, fuck that. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know how to, no, like, no, we're just not going to do that. But because I want it, because I want to know exact and I want to know perfect. And then I'm like, you're so, no, you're so right. Like if I can just take an estimated guess, like that's fine. Like I can way put in, better than no, way better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And usually like, if you add up all the ingredients, you divide it by five or whatever, divide it by three, divide it by four, whatever it is, you take a guess about the portion size. Mm-hmm odds are you're going to be shocked at how many calories you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas before, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yes. You have yeah. no idea. So Absolutely. it's like, all right, cool. I'll just eat it. But once mm-hmm. you see it, it one, and then once you get that recipe for the, usually mm-hmm. people cook similar recipes on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. If you're cooking, well, God, I was going to say that, save like, that recipe. Yeah. You do it once, then you have it forever. Yeah. It's like, if you cycle through the same eight to 12 recipes on a regular basis, it's not going to take that long for it's going to like one time of each recipe, maybe two times of each recipe just to double check and you're good. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, my mom, she's been doing Weight Watchers for a couple months now, her and my aunts, her sisters. And uh, I said to her the other day how I was like thinking of wanting to just like learn how to calorie count and all that. And but I was like, and I told her about one of the things that I would wanted to talk to you, but I was like, you know, with, with how much we just like cook homemade food, I don't even know like how I would do that. And she was like, oh, like with the Weight Watchers app, like basically saying exactly what you said. She was like, oh, I just like the first time I make something like I, I just like put in the ingredients and then I have it saved. So like when she eats this for breakfast or that for dinner, this for like, we make these salads all the time for lunch. She's like, I don't have to redo it every time. It's not like exactly tedious work. That. Cause I'm in my mind thinking that like every meal I'm going to have to be looking at cans and I'm like, no. no, like I eat relatively the same kind of stuff. So it wouldn't, it when might be some work start, in the beginning. When you first start, it takes a while. Yeah. How many calories are in chicken? I don't know. So you Google it or you go to MyFitnessPal or you go to like a different application that does it. And every application is going to give you a different number. Right. Every single one. So you just take one. Yeah. And it's like, that's cool. So you're going off of that. Yeah. And you track your weight for that month. You track your pictures. And if you're gaining weight over the course of that month, then clearly your calories are off. Mm -hmm. So then you make the change. So Mm -hmm. clearly maybe you're over, you're, you're underestimating it. 
Yeah. If you're losing weight too quickly, then yeah. you're overestimating it, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you yeah, just go the calorie, the calorie deficit. That's one of the things that like I try to preach and like post from you so often in terms of when people talk about like stubborn fat or not, you know, any type of problem. It's just like, I feel like nutrition is such a main thing. And I think from, again, from my coming from my population right now, like we, a lot of people that were just growing up with sports or that were active their whole life and just, again, eating the food at home. And now as we are coming out of college or even from college, not as active and it's like, okay, no nutrition is kind of something that if you want to be healthy, you have to think about. Cause even now with like my workouts that I post online, like I have friends that have said like how much, you know, they love being active and whatnot, but they're like, but I'm not seeing a result. Like I'm not seeing a result. And they'll say, you know, yeah, I'm feeling better and I enjoy the workouts and maybe I can go a little longer. It's not as hard, but like, they're like, I haven't lost anything or anything like that. And I'm not nutrition certified. I actually am looking into, um, on like the pre-sale list for, uh, precision nutrition. Cause I do really, it. I do really want to do that. Yeah. And I think it would be like, I think it'd be awesome. Um, but I think, so one of that leads into the next question was, uh, which I think I kind of like know what you would answer, but I'll let you kind of explain. So does he think that most foods are good to eat and that it's really all about moderation? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no such thing as a good food or a bad food. Like right. it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, whenever I say that, someone's always like, well, what about Twinkies? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's always the first food that people think of. What about Twinkies? <laughs> like, listen, we are very well aware that there are multiple aspects mm-hmm. to health, right? Mm-hmm. So there, it's not just about what you eat. Mm-hmm. It's not just about your exercise. It's, it's sleep. It's nutrition. It's exercise. It's your mm-hmm. interpersonal. It's your intrapersonal. It's mm-hmm. like there's so many factors that affect your health. Right. So to say that one single food is inherently unhealthy is so reductionist and makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one person, I, I, this is one of my like my my most popular sayings. I would say for one person, saying no to the pizza yeah. might be progress right? Because they've struggled with uh, self-discipline, they need to lose weight, and they consistently struggle with just eating and eating and eating. And if they have something like pizza, then they go overboard. Mm -hmm. For someone else, saying yes to the pizza might actually be progress Mm -hmm. because they've consistently abstained. They feel guilty and shameful from having it. They have like, they only eat the foods that they think are quote unquote healthy for them. So they don't have a healthy social life or an interpersonal life. It's like, it's not healthy to never eat those foods out of a fear. So health changes per individual Mm -hmm. and we also have to remember that health isn't just physical it's also mental too mental health is so so important right so i would say the person who can eat the twinkie without guilt and then get back on track and have a very good day and still exercise is probably healthier than the person who would get scared of the twinkie and say no way i could never eat that it scares me it's like that's not a healthier relationship with food Mm right I couldn't agree more with that. Um, oh, I had something that that made me think of, and oh, the um, kind of like getting into mental health. So like when so as I started my fitness page about a month ago, uh, and I decided to do a thirty day challenge just with people on there to do thirty days of at least thirty 
minutes a day of purposeful movement. So I was like, what I mean by purposeful movement, guys, is not like I do kind of like I'll post like hit workouts or circuit workouts and stuff. I'm like, I'm not saying get out here every day and kill yourself for 30 minutes. Like even if it's a walk, whatever, 30 minutes of just like your mind and body time for yourself, like 30 minutes a day. And um, just again, to like really to kind of, I wanted the focus to be on like finding something 30 minutes of like you time to do something for you that makes you feel good. Uh, And I had some people that were like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then I reached out again and I said, if anyone wants check-ins, let me know. And I'll, I'll weaken like weekly check-in with you to see if like you're feeling good and if you are like keeping up with it. So now we just passed, I think we're on day 16 today. So we just passed over the halfway mark yesterday and I checked in with people and, and I told them too, I was like, this is about practicing consistency because consistency is what's ultimately going to get you where, and like one of my favorite things that you said, like that you say all the time is that the only way you feel fail is if you quit. And I like, I love that. I love that so much. Cause I'm like, you know, you can have a bad day, bad week, whatever. And like, you don't, you don't fuck it up unless you stop. So what I said with them was I'm like, look at this 30 day challenge. You can do it. You can take 30 minutes a day, but if you miss it, don't let that stop you. Like, don't look back and think, Oh, I missed three days. Like I failed. If you get up and do your 30 minutes next day. Great. Like, so, but what I'm trying to, what I, I guess I'm coming uh, to is when I checked in with them for the second week. So first week, you know, everyone's all excited. And then halfway through now people are looking back and they're like, oh, I didn't do that great this week, Meg, like, but they'll have missed, like, maybe one or two days, and they're, like, kind of had a bad mental health day, like, I, like, I walked for 20 minutes instead this day, but, like, their immediate thought is, like, to point out their flaws, and, like, to look down on themselves, rather than to focus on the good that they're doing, and I, I guess I don't know how to, like, try to shift that for them. You know, it's funny, that is exactly why I started my podcast, because because I was having phone calls with clients and so many people and every single person was being unbelievably hard on themselves and being like over like they were talking themselves in a way they would never talk to anybody else right they would never talk to their best friend that way they would never talk to their worst enemy that way Mm -hmm. they would be nicer to their worst enemy than they are to themselves right yeah and all of them felt alone they all felt like they were the only one that was screwing up. They all felt like it was all them. Everyone else mm-hmm. was making progress. Everyone else was good. Everyone else was happy. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was strong, blah, blah, blah. And I remember doing these calls for years, yeah, like three, four years. And I was like, I wish there's a way to record these phone calls so people could hear so uh-huh. that they would know they're not alone. And eventually, like I figured out I could do a podcast yeah. and have the calls on a podcast. And that's the number one thing people say about it is like, I don't feel alone anymore. That's like, awesome. I, and that's really, that's for me, that's sort of the, the goal that I have to accomplish with these people is I have to make sure they don't feel alone. Yeah. Feeling alone is like the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. And it leads to so many issues when like you feel like you're the only one, you feel alone. Right. So for me, that's sort of like, that's the main goal. How do I help this person not feel alone? Number one is letting them know whatever they're going through is very mm-hmm. normal. It's very common. But mm-hmm. then also getting them to realize the things that they're doing make no sense Yeah. in terms of sort of saying like, listen, what you just said to yourself 
Would right. you ever say that to somebody else? Would you say yeah. that to your – and they laugh. They're like, no, of course not. I'm like, then right. why do you say it to yourself? I think, well, something I find so often and in first kind of in myself and then like realizing it with my peers is such a hesitancy to celebrate ourselves. And I think – or to like we hold back being confident when there's nothing wrong with being confident. Like people don't want to come off cocky. Well, that's totally different than just being confident and saying, I have done a good job this week. Like – people want to, they like look for their like little, I don't know. It's just, yeah, they, they're uncomfortable with like celebrating themselves, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it is because they're focused on the wrong stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like people are judging their progress based on, on very subjective measures, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, if you judge your po- progress based on how you look in the mirror at any point in time, you're going to be disappointed. Right. Right. It's like, Sometimes you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to love it. Other times you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to hate it. Yeah. So for me, if you, if you judge your progress solely based on what the scale says, some days you're going to be happy and other days Mm -hmm. you're going to be pissed. Mm -hmm. You can't base your progress or base your happiness on these, on these individual measures. Mm -hmm. I would say it's better to base your progress more on your overall consistency. Right. Right. So if you're doing this 30 day challenge that you have, yeah. And someone misses five days of that yeah. challenge. So they did a move purposeful movement for 25 yeah. days that yeah. month. It's like, I'm That's assuming awesome. significantly better than the month yeah. before. Yeah. So rather than getting mad that you missed those five days, get more positively aware of how, how well you did on those 25 days. Right. right. And by the way, this is human nature yeah. to focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. right this is human nature to wow. there's yeah. like a, a negative bias so for example mm-hmm. if i make a post and i get a thousand comments on a post i can get <sighs> 999 positive comments this is great you're amazing thank you so much mm-hmm. I love you. and i could get one comment being like you're an asshole <laughs> and that one comment will ruin my name. yeah right? i'm like i'm like who thinks i'm an asshole <laughs> why do they think i'm an asshole like that one comment mm-hmm. I have a, a 999 mm-hmm. that are great Mm-hmm. But this is human nature to focus yes. on the negative. And it doesn't mean that we should just take that as status quo and, and be okay with it, right. but we should be aware of it. Yeah. And usually we're better at pointing out the positive for other people than we mm-hmm. are for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you have a friend who's struggling with this or with that, then you'll always find the positive for them to focus on. Right. For yourself, you have to make that a habit. Yeah. Find the positive for yourself. Otherwise, yeah. you'll just drive yourself insane. Right. Well, I think the last question we had was just kind of a fun one, but um, what's your favorite, they, they phrased it, your favorite cheat meal or guilty pleasure? I know you don't really, you don't really have a cheat meal, but like, yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, so I, it's a good discussion to have, like the whole cheat meal thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan of the, I usually don't say cheat meal just because cheating is inherently bad. Right. Right. Like, yeah. No place is cheating seen cheating. as a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I try not to associate foods with good or bad more mm-hmm. just like their food. Yeah, I like that. That being said, if I was going to have a food that I'm not going to have on a daily basis, it's, right. it's going to be pizza. Like, ah, pizza too Pepperoni good too. pizza mm. is like, and that's <laughs> the hard part about living in New York is like, oh my spot, God. There's yeah. amazing pizza. Literally, there's one right over there. And oh right over there (laughs) so once or twice a week i'll have a couple slices of pepperoni pizza that's awesome i love it um oh one last last thing um the talk about this wasn't a question but something that i 
wrote down to bring up just because again for my age group I think and like how we kind of grew up really with social media and when you're starting any just like little tips for comparison when you're getting started like looking at what other people are doing and letting that I try to talk about this in my podcast, but maybe if you can like offer something as well. For business or for fitness? For fitness. For fitness, got it. So like looking at how other people look on on Instagram or- Yeah, yeah. And like instead of, you know, like, oh, I want to look like that. But, you know, I, I guess like, I think a lot of girls get down on themselves because if they're not at the place where they want to be and seeing others be what they would aspire to in their yeah, mindset. Of course. I mean, there's a lot. Number one, I'll say- for whatever it's worth, it's the same for men. Men, yeah. are just like, men are just far less likely to admit it. So right? true. Great men point. feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It's like if you look, if you look at superheroes, like male superheroes, yeah, fucking jacked. Yeah, yeah, Dude, you're right. Jacked, they're ripped, they're shredded. If yeah. you think boys look at that like I want to aspire to be like that, then you're out of your mind. Yeah, so like a lot of like the cover models and stuff like that that women see, men feel the same way about like the superheroes, right? Great so, point. Um. I would say number one is the, the cliche saying goes, comparison is the thief of joy, mm-hmm. right? That's very cliche and, mm-hmm. and it's true, but it doesn't really do anything to help the situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, the reality is this, comparing yourself to other people is very normal. Yes. It, it, it's what we do. And I would say comparing yourself to other people is from an evolutionary perspective, it makes a lot of sense. It probably drives mm-hmm. a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. It might drive you to be better and to do better. So in the same way that I would never tell someone, don't be angry. I would yeah. never tell someone, uh, don't be sad. I would never tell someone, don't like, who am I to tell you what your feelings should right, be, right? right? I would also never tell someone, don't compare yourself to other people just mm-hmm. because it's normal. And I think yeah. people get into a sticky situation when they're told, well, just don't compare yourself because it's like, yeah. you're going to. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to compare. The, mm-hmm. the question isn't whether or not you should compare. The question is, what do you do once you've already compared? Right. right. So number one, you have to realize you're, comp- you're probably comparing your chapter one to someone else's chapter 15. And you're also comparing two entire separate books mm. and probably two like books that, that are written in different languages. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's so, so like, true. Oh my gosh. Not even a different chapter. It's a different yeah. book in a different language. So yeah. it's like, you can compare if you want, but your comparison probably means next to nothing. And in your head, you're making it out to be something far greater and far more important mm-hmm. than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, and this is the conversation that really sucks, but it's true. Genetics plays a huge role in this, right? It's like, I'm five foot four and 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. If you think I'm ever going to get into the NBA, you're out of your fucking <laughs> mind. It's like, I'm just not. I'm, yeah. There's no way. If I was comparing myself to NBA players, and, oh, I just wish I could get NBA, like I would be a really sad individual, uh-huh. <laughs> right? It's right. just not going to happen. Yeah. So you have to understand, like in the same way, some people are better at hand-eye coordination, some people are mm-hmm. better at math, some people are better at science, some people are better at uh, inter, like some people are introverted, some people are extroverted, some people are better at public speaking. There are always going to be some people who genetically have a predisposition to maybe have something that you don't have. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Again, it's not That's about, a great point. it's not about not comparing yourself, but it's about being realistic with the comparisons and to just be honest, like, listen, am I going to allow what this person has to, am I going to allow what that person has to cause me to be an unhappy, sad individual? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to feel your feels about it, go for it. Feel all your feels, mm-hmm. but it's not going to change anything. Yeah. Maybe instead of using it as a form of jealousy or anger, resentment, 
use it to drive you to work. To fuel you, yeah. To, get, to work harder, to do better. Right. doesn't mean you're ever going to look like that person because you aren't that person, but okay. do what you can to accomplish what you can. Sometimes I've like had in the past people that I've looked at and been like, oh, wow, like kind of oh, be like them or whatnot. And then if I notice it get to like a negative place of like more jealousy, I kind of make it a conscious effort to like reach out to them and ask about something or make a comment about like, how do you like doing this? Or how did you start doing that? Or like, if they're doing something that maybe I don't know as much about rather yeah. than being mad that I don't know that. And they do like, it, it just breaks that like barrier of like negativity almost when you just have, like start a conversation. Uh, and then the other thing I was going to say was, um, Oh, with, Oh, I just lost it, but it was with comparison and, um, Oh, some on one of the points that you said um oh with negative self-talk and like understanding that those thoughts might not go away and i think people's real they, they want the thought to just not exist at all to not compare at all and to just acknowledge that that is a normal thing and instead of just like again then putting yourself down for even having that thought but to then instead be conscious of it and work with it and say acknowledge the things like it is a different book a different story different language like that's it yeah. If you fight how you feel, it's a very dangerous place to go. Mm-hmm. Like acknowledge how you feel, but don't necessarily let how you feel dictate your actions. Right. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up at that. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to Jordan. Rate, review, let me know you're listening and we'll be back next week.